Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we are interviewing Lisa Weintraut, who I had the privilege of working with in December. I believe it was December. I feel like it was such a long time, and I think we were together for like three days. Um, she was an assistant stage manager on The Happiest Millionaire that I worked on with Doug. He was on a previous podcast. And I wanted to bring Lisa on today to talk. She does, she's an equity stage manager, but she also does a lot of lighting design. And that's kind of more of what I want to talk about because of the experience that she, or the the shows and productions that she's worked on. Um, talking a little bit before the podcast, Lisa was actually telling us that she didn't get a degree in theater. She actually has a degree in something completely different. So I kind of want to start there, Lisa. First, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Welcome. Uh, second, how how did you get into theater? Is I don't think this was something that, you know, you started doing when you were two years old, as some people in this podcast. So how, what led you to theater and how did you, how did you get there as a career? Oh, that's crazy. Well, first of all, thank you for um, working together and it was a lot of fun and, and now we're, now we're here. Um, so I wasn't, growing up, I was really into animals and science because I, my parents made me go camping in the woods and all of that. Yep. So I grew up we thinking I desert. was going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> oh yeah. You were in the woods too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, it was all about hiking and nature and everything and doing, and I fell in love with all my science teachers and, you know, did everything for them and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I wanted to go and become a veterinarian. Well, as time went on, I realized when I was in college, um, that, wasn't going to be a dream come true. Uh, there were obstacles in the way. However, when I was in high school, I was on the, I wanted to get involved in theater because I had danced since I was five. So I tap yeah. belly jazz, all that kind of stuff. So I was a dancer. And I actually, I still dance now, just, you know, not obviously professionally, but I still partake. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sounds like I, a drug. <laughs> I guess it kind of is. You need to get your fix every once in a while, do some dancing. Oh, yeah. Dancing is just amazing. So then, and I always like being in New York and then taking classes and then, yeah, it's fun. So I was on the tech crew and I ran follow spot for the first two years. So my sophomore and junior year, I ran follow spot. uh, We were in junior high school in ninth grade, so it wasn't a thing. So we got to high school, 10, 11, 12, and... Then my senior year, I got to actually run the lights and focus lights and do all of that kind of good stuff. And I, so I got into it and, you know, I started being more interested in what was around and different theater and theme parks. And, you know, I thought, well, that's kind of fun, but I don't really think that's a career. I'm from, you know, Podunk, Wisconsin in the middle of a farm. So there's no way theater (laughs) could be a thing. Like nobody makes a career. It's just a community theater. That's all you do. And right. that's all you do it on the weekends and evenings and that's about it. Right, right. And so I was still, you know, about science and I, I decided to get my degree in microbiology because that was going to head, then I would go on to veterinarian school. And um, so I, I did all that. And then I went to college and continued and found out, then I joined the IA 
And so I was joined the local union and, and did work. And I got to work on Broadway shows, all the touring shows. My first one was Beauty and the Beast, Ooh, uh, which was one. amazing. The first national tour of Beauty and the Beast. Wow, you don't start small. So no. That's a beast of a show. <laughs> it, it is. Uh-huh. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, I was just local crew. It's not like I was touring or anything. But they threw me in, and I was a, a decalec and had to go in and put together the Sacco cable to the set piece so that set piece could automate across the stage. And, and I was so scared. I didn't even know what a Sacco was. I didn't know what this, and I had like 15 seconds to do it in during the blackout and pyro was going off around me. It was the opening scene and (laughs) it was the coolest thing ever. I was never so scared in my life, but I had so much fun. So I did this and then some other shows. I, you know, I continued to do shows for several years, got through college, did the community theater thing, thought I was all that, of course, because, you know, you didn't, I was the big fish in the small pond. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little (laughs) did I know later in my career that was going to be very bad, but whatever. Um, (laughs) It was what it was at that time. It was what it was at that time. Then I graduated from college. And I wasn't going to be able to go to veterinarian school. Um, So then I uh, had to come up with another plan. So I said, biology teacher, why not? I'm pretty much already, you know, trained for that. I might as well become a biology teacher. Right. You've already taken most of the classes. Well, yeah. Well, and more. So mm-hmm. I just had to take another two years or a year and a half of classes and a semester of teaching to get my certificate. So I did that. Well, seven and a half years later, <laughs> after school, all that schooling, I should have had a doctorate by now, right? <laughs> I, I, you would think, I, um, oh, I taught. I taught high school, high school science. And I took the job and it was a one-year non-renewable contract. Oh, I worked in a lab too. I forgot about that. I did work in a food lab and, you know, looked for listeria and E. coli and salmonella and all that kind of stuff. Um, And interesting, but kind of boring, only because (laughs) it's such an entry-level job. And then I, I, I got that teaching job, did that, and a year was over. So I was like, hmm, okay, well, I'm going to look for a teaching job, but I still like theater. So I'm going to kind of look for jobs like that, but yeah, whatever. And I'll just see what happens. I got a summer stock job in Pennsylvania at Millbrook Playhouse in, what was this, 2001, summer of 2001. And during that time, I was the stage manager. I applied as the lighting designer because that's where my background was. And, and, they, I had and then they like, you're a lighting designer. So here comes stage manager's show. Well, yeah, they said, um, can you stage manage? And I said, well, yes, I, I've stage managed. And what do you stage manage? I said, well, I did children's theater and I've, I've toured the country with children's theater. I've stage managed before. Okay. So fine. So I'm going to be the stage manager. Well, little did I know they had hired the LD like three months ago. And I don't know, they just had it on the list of things. So lo and behold, I did the season about three weeks into the season, going into tech of the first show. The LD, well, I, I 
of course, spoke to the LD a lot, as you would in Summerstock, because they're the person with all the cues that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back then, there were no projections. There weren't tons of moving lights. You know, it was pretty basic, old school theater in a barn. Mm-hmm. And um, perfect. so the lighting designer and I, you know, really kind of got along really well. Well, jump ahead, and the lighting designer and I are now married. <laughs> I was going to ask that. I was like, I think I know where this is leading to. <laughs> so anyway, at that end of the season in September, I had to decide, hmm, do I go back to Wisconsin or do I go to New York City? I chose to go to New York City. Is that where he was? He, yeah, New Jersey. Okay. Um, so... I should say I don't live in New Jersey. I, I mean, I in um, I live in Hoboken, New Jersey, not in New York City. Um, and I guess theater people actually know where that is. I'm uh, so used I to think... telling everybody. I live in the New York City area because otherwise nobody knows where I am. <laughs> I think Cindy <laughs> took us to a pizza place in Hoboken once. Oh, no. We had a tra- Kai and I had a train stop in Hoboken. Yes. Oh, yeah? yeah. We were getting off of a cruise ship with the family and we were trying to catch the train into the city to see Cindy. And we were in Hoboken. Uh- Oh, yeah. yeah. Hoboken's a nice place. So, yeah, that's how I got into theater. You and married then I into it. That's a that's a new one. We haven't, <laughs> yeah. we haven't met people yeah, who married it just, into it. It sort of happened. Now, granted, we didn't get married till nine years later. And, you know, somewhere in there, I got my Master of Fine Arts in Lighting Design and Stage Management, but which was kind of at this point pointless, but it, it was what it was. But yeah, so that that's the that's the journey of how I got here. Not exactly your typical route. So why did you then no, decide? But it's pretty awesome. Why did you decide to go back to school to get your master's degree in it? Just because you thought it would help I just with the jobs? Wanted, I always wanted to get my hood and be cool. Oh yeah, the hoods <laughs> are pretty cool. They take a little while to figure out how to put on, but once you get it, pretty cool. Yeah. I actually just wanted to get my master's degree. It was kind of a personal thing. And I thought I would learn something. And I also expected to um, have mentors and, you know, sort of help that would help me get more into the business since I didn't do it the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Did That's that not work out? Or yeah, like none know? of that. None, none of that came to that. None of that happened. Yeah, I, I have to say mine was. My experience was a bit more like yours. We interviewed um, Haley Parker before, you know, and she had kind of the opposite experience where she still talks to her professors and her connections. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't really my experience. So, you know, go one way or the other. Yeah, I think you and I kind of talked about this at uh, Joe's Pub one day. Yeah. We were kind of exchanging a little story about our our experiences. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I have my master's. You know, I, I, I did learn a lot, but it wasn't quite what I expected. But, you know, for some people, yeah. it, it does work out. Um, so I have, where do I want to jump in? The The first time, the, the first time I, I asked you, because I think it took us a couple months to actually get you on the podcast. The first time I wanted to bring you on the podcast, because we were talking about cruise ships. And you said that you've actually, you did work on a cruise ship um, as part of the lighting team. And it was Oasis of the Seas, I think. And you were on there for a couple weeks, but you never actually... You were there to to 
what was it to light the show, but you weren't there for like the whole running of it. Can you talk to us? Cause we haven't talked to anybody yet who has worked on a cruise ship. So what was it like? How did you get that job? And what was it like to work on the actual cruise ship? Uh, getting the job was a bit of luck and working <laughs> as, on the cruise as ship. Always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And working on the cruise ship was amazing. I got the, I happened to be talking to a friend of mine and selling, you know, basically complaining that I didn't have a job. And he said, how would you like to do this? It doesn't pay a lot of money, but it might be interesting. It, it, it seems like something you'd be good at. And I said, well, tell me about it. And he told me, and I was like, yes, yeah, sign me up. So I did that. And I flew to Finland, to Turku, Finland. Wow. And yeah. And spent uh, about a week or so. I don't have the exact, um, timeline, but it was about a week or so at the shipyard. And we wandered around the shipyard, um, every day because our boat, our, our ship, the theater wasn't even completed. We were supposed to get out there, but because this was a brand new line, they were way behind. And so what happens is the cruise lines that when they have ships, they kind of make them all the same. So if you do Oasis of the Seas, Allure of the Seas, they're, ex they're sister ships. So yeah, they look I've the same, except they have different tweaks. You know, maybe they have a different restaurant or different carpeting or something. But basically the body and the meat and potatoes are all the same. Mm -hmm. But when they come out with a new line like the Oasis, it's a whole new ball game, and they don't have a plan. So basically the first few days there wasn't much to do. You run around in hard hats and kind of wonder what's going on, and you meet with everybody. and you come up with a plan and doing a cruise ship show is completely different than doing a basic stage show because you don't have the time. It's you do it now, you get it up and it's more down and dirty. It's not, Ooh, let's be artsy and let's take, you know, let's run that one more time and hold, hold, you know, wait for the lighting designer to get every cue perfectly timed out, you know, and the stage manager practicing the calling of the cues. No, there's none of that. There's no <laughs> stage manager either. Or for that matter, you know, um, oh. huh. but which is interesting and I, how they did it exactly. I, I don't know, I guess, because they had a, our ship show was really interesting. It had fountains, synchronized swimmers, divers, and acrobats. See, I've been on, on three ship. cruise ships and they're never that exciting. I'm always like, yeah, I always hear about these cool shows on cruise ships. And I go and it's like, Four actors, four dancers, five band members. They do two costume changes with no sets. And I'm like, no, I want the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. You have to go to the Oasis or the Allure or the new one, which, oh gosh, I don't remember the, what the late Harmony or something. I think that might be the new one or Symphony. I don't remember the name. I probably have that wrong. So <laughs> that would be, it's one of those. They just have a new one. And I, I don't even think it's come out yet, but it's in that same line of big, large, gigantic cruise ship and the show is a mix of i could best describe it between O, the cirque show O in las vegas and la rev wow and those would be the combination of those two shows sort of put into one little kidney bean on the back of a cruise ship so eventually we got things going and the cruise ship took off and we were supposed to go from, and there's a lot of things that happen and it's a really, really big deal. You have to get the flags passed. You have to get permission. There's um, 
the godmother has to christen the ship. There's big publicity stuff. There's all these different things that go on before anything. And then they have pre-cruises, so which I thought were really interesting. I, I did pre-cruises and basically make a wish foundation comes on and does some things and they bring, you know, kids and families on. Are then they shorter cruises then? Like just a couple days or oh just like twenty four hours. Oh okay. hours. basically they just go off um they go off pro you know off the United States line so that they can, you know, gamble and drink and do all their kind of fun cruise ship stuff. And mm-hmm. then they come back. It, basically they just float around to nowhere. It's basically called a cruise to nowhere. They go out, they float around, they turn around and come back. But this way they can kind of like test everything. Right, right. And then they bring travel agents on or travel bloggers or whoever they have, business people, who their associates are. And then they come on and they basically soft open the ship. So they, you know, they get the kinks out, find out what's wrong, what's not wrong and how things go. And that's when you do your dress rehearsals per se well yeah that never happened so (laughs) (laughs) because there are these plans but we know how live entertainment works but it's even more interesting when the ship so the ship came across and then we we had a whole bunch of contractors i don't even know how many contractors hundreds of contractors on the ship and they most of them were supposed to stop and leave and not board the ship and travel but because the ship was so behind and not finished, they had to travel. Then they were going to go. There's a bridge in, I believe it's Denmark area. They had to go under this bridge, but then they weren't sure if it was going to fit. So they had to wait till the tide was <laughs> at the lowest point possible. And they had exact measurements and they knew they could clear it by an inch or two. Wow. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I would take that chance. (laughs) So of course, what does everybody do on the ship? Everybody goes up to the top deck to watch go under the bridge. It was a big deal. Like it was all over the news and everything. It was this craziness. And so we got through that and then we were supposed to go, we went through the North Sea and then we were supposed to go somewhere. I don't remember where it was and drop off a bunch of contractors. Get off the ship. <laughs> well, guess what? The ship wasn't done. So the contractors had to stay and go to Florida. So all of these foreign contractors from mostly Finland and around who knows where, wherever they come from, are on the ship. And we're working. So we go through and we go to the North Sea and then strange so you, things happen. Can you work? Can you work on the show while they're doing their stuff? Or like you guys kind of had to like just sit around and wait for them? A lot to- of it was... Yeah, a lot of it was sitting around because the ship wasn't done. At one point, we did um, put up lights. And hanging lights on a cruise ship is really different than hanging lights on land. When because you're, the ship When you're moves. not moving. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so you have to kind of figure that out. It's like, woo. And when you're like 15 stories up in the air, 17, I think I was. So 17 floors. Actually, it was 15 because the first two are on the, you know, um, under the water line. But you're mm-hmm. 15 floors up. It, there's a lot of swaying that goes on. <laughs> I, so, I don't think I could do that. that you get used to it. You get used to it. Um, and I'm not even a fan of heights. 
So I was really happy that the catwalk was all enclosed in glass. To keep everyone from falling off during a storm. Yeah, then I might be able to do it. (laughs) Yeah, so the catwalk was like this big hallway. And then, of course, you could see out the glass. But it wasn't so scary because it was big glass and you know you weren't going to go anywhere. Um, and so you did that. And then the booth was about, I don't, oh, was it like on seventh floor or eighth floor? Something like that. So that was lower. And the, they had this booth was eh, kind of small, what you'd expect. And it was sort of hard to see. Um, but you got a nice view of you know, you could see it, but it was way down. You know, you were seven floors down looking at the, looking at the little kidney bean pool. (laughs) So it made for interesting, interesting time. So focusing, we eventually got to focus somewhere on that journey. It was supposed to take nine to 10 days to get across from Finland to Florida. And so during that whole time, you know, we, we did do a focus, um, and you have to change on a cruise ship. You have to change your schedule. It's never a normal schedule. So sometimes you might work in the morning. Sometimes you might work after dark. It is an outdoor venue. So because it's an outdoor venue, obviously you have to wait for Mother Nature to cooperate wait, so with that... the darkness to focus lights. Interesting. I don't think I've seen an outdoor theater on a cruise ship. Yeah. Well, this was in a pool with big diving. So what is a, what is an Olympic size diving 30 meter? No. What is the high, the high jump for the Olympic divers? 10 meters. I'm not sure, but they, they jump off that into the pool and you have to have lights above them. Right. So That's you, really cool. you, yeah, you light that whole thing. And then underneath on the stage floor where they do the gymnastics stuff, you have basically your LEDs and your color changing type things to give it, you know, splash of color. But the rest you just open up big white and wide so that the performers can see the pool. And then on top of that, we had sails in the back that were kind of the backdrop psych that we would be thinking about. And that we had some DL3 projection units. And so my job was basically to, besides program the lights and focus, I had to do all the content media and put all the projections and stuff on that, which that was my first time doing that as well on a moving cruise ship with sails that baffled away in the wind. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think of like trying to project onto things that are moving constantly. Yeah. While you get the ocean spray and the weather that goes in just crossing the Atlantic ocean. Yeah, it was quite a a trip. Well, anyway, we got through the North Sea. And like I said, interesting things. Our our cruise captain was quite, he was quite um, funny. And he was thought he was a comedian. And so every day at two o'clock, he'd play the same song. um, And it was the Black Eyed Peas song, something about the party. What's the name of that one? Uh, You'll know it if I heard it. I can't think of it. Anyway, (laughs) every day two o'clock he would play the same song and then after that it was oh we're going over the the titanic we're going over the sinking of the titanic so what do we play we play the titanic theme music i thought oh my gosh are you really serious (laughs) no he did did. so we all knew when we were going over the sinking of the titanic (laughs) and then he had 
And then he had something for the Bermuda Triangle when we went through the Bermuda Triangle. And, and I don't know. We finally, but before all that, in between the North Sea and the Atlantic, uh, the, you know, by the Bermuda Triangle and the southern part down there by Florida, we got into a huge storm. And we had waves that were incredibly high. They were going over the 17-foot-tall c- cruise ship. And the captain said, well, this is my maiden voyage with the ship. And I'd like all of you guys to stay at the middle of the, the, you know, the middle of the boat and probably stay on the lower, lower levels of the boat. And we're going to ride this out together. We're going to see what happens and hope she makes it. (laughs) That's encouraging, Captain. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So this will also add three days to our trip. Three days? Wow. Yeah, well, we were in storms. I don't know. I think it was 50-foot waves or something like that. It was wow. incredible. I could look that up to get those facts straight, but that, it was it was craziness. So we did all that, and then because we still had all of these vendors on sea, on the ship, we had all these vendors on the ship and that we weren't supposed to have, and we were three days extra. Guess what happened next? We ran out of food. <laughs> So now we've run, isn't this like live, it's like live theater, right? When one thing goes wrong, it all goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you could make a show about that, it. That's true. You could. Oh my gosh. It was, so we're running out of food. So all of a sudden your soup was watered down. You had dry powdered milk. You had food that you didn't really know what it was because they were just making it up. They were taking whatever they had concocting together. And they said, this was your dinner. And you'd ask what it was, and they said, well, the majority of it is this. And you're like, well. okay, well, I guess that's what we're going to have tonight for dinner. <laughs> I, was never so, I was never so glad to go to McDonald's when I got back to the States. <laughs> um, so coming into the state, so we got to the Bermuda Triangle. By this point, the cast had been rehearsing. After all the storms and everything, the lights were done. The cast starts to rehearse. And we have a lot of different people. We have Vegas people. We have Russians, Ukrainians, you know, all the different types of people you'd find at uh, a Cirque-type show. And many of these people had been in other Cirque shows, so they were familiar with the, the drill. But Cirque likes to work on the very organic method and they like to take their time. Well, on a cruise ship, you don't have that. It's you have four hours, you get it done. That's it. Whatever it is, the show's going to open with those four hours. Well, they didn't like that very well. And so do they work rehearse at all? Like, do they have, did they rehearse at all somewhere else before coming on the ship or was it all kind of like brand new? Cause they have to figure it out with the actual mechanisms on the ship. Um, I, you know, I think they did some back work at in Vegas before they came out. Um, and then the other thing was they were rehearsing during the day. Well, well we were up programming or getting the lights ready. They, cause I was the assistant lighting designer and programmer. I wasn't the actual lighting designer. So I was the, but it really sort of blended. So I just tell people, um, Mm -hmm. I I did everything. And then they, because titles don't mean anything really. Um, 
So they perform, they did their workouts. They, you know, they have very strict athletic workouts that they do. So they did all of that kind of stuff during the day. So I don't really know what they did. I did go to one rehearsal and it was sort of kind of pointless because you can't really do synchronized swimming a little bit on the water. It was more of a talk through of what's going to happen. You can't watch people dive in a pool. You just know that this is the act and this is the order of the acts. And that was really different for me not to see anything as a lighting person. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, well, we'll make it up as we go along. And the, so everything was going pretty well, but then the. <laughs> Besides people, the big storms and three days late and weird food. Running well, out of yeah, food. <laughs> I, well, yeah, those are the logistics. I mean, I'm talking production wise, you know, production wise, things were, we were moving as fast as we could based on the circumstances. So that's why I said it was all good. Um, now in the meantime, while we were doing our production on the, the aft part of the ship in the forward part of the ship was their main stage theater and their main stage theater was hairspray. And so a um, a designer from New York, she was designing that show. And so I became friends with her and it was kind of cool to be like, Oh my gosh, there's a lighting designer from New York. Very cool. And then in the like I, the general lobby area, the mall area, I guess you'd want to call it the mall area. They would do parades every day and they would also do flash mobs and then other sort of exciting different activities. And there was a lighting designer also there from New York and I got to know him very well. And he was the lighting designer for the parades. So, and then there was another lighting designer from New York Wow. And I said I felt so awesome to be within all of these with all of these accomplished lighting designers from New York. It was very fun. And she was in charge yeah, of now like, you get to work with these people. I I never thought about that. I always just assumed it was like one person doing everything, but that's awesome because it is completely different shows. Right. Yeah, and she did the ice show. There's a figure skating ice show that Jeez. happens on the okay, cruise ship. Uh, we're going to have to tell my mother-in-law to go on this cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously he always comes back and tells awesome. me how great all the cruise ships are yeah so sh she did that one and I actually helped her focus one night because I also figure skate so I thought oh how fun I'm gonna go stand on the ice on my skates and you know and be the focus dummy for her so that was pretty <laughs> exciting it was it was fun it was something different yeah. um but almost everybody except for us in the back um we could work during the day but the other people all had to work between like 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. They were all on the night shift. We only had to do that once or twice. But on cruise ships, all of the a lot of the tech and the staging and the rehearsals all happen when the guests are asleep. So it right. makes very, very long days. Yeah. Uh, but very non-traditional days. And it's hard to flip your body back and forth to what what you need to do to sleep and it, it takes a long time. Um, so yeah, that was, that was that. And, and although I'd love to say I've worked with all these people, um, again, since the cruise ship, I have not, but I have stayed in touch with them because as you know, there's only one job for one lighting designer. So you don't usually work together as lighting designers. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. I say that about stage managers all the time, which is why I love working in a festival setting too, because you know, as a calling stage manager, I don't get to 
be with other calling stage managers. I don't get to watch how they work. I don't get to interact with them. So it's great to work in a festival because I was like, now there's four or five other people that all do the exact same thing I do. And so it's, yeah, it's a really cool experience. It is. And I think that's why I love this experience so much. It was like, wow, we're all working together on the same ship, trying to achieve the same goal, but in a different part of the ship. Yeah, exactly. But you're still like struggling with some of the same problems. Oh, yeah. Like your ship isn't ready. Your equipment isn't here. Only half of it works because they put the electricity in the wrong, you know, put the wires in the wrong way. Yeah, all of that. (laughs) So the coolest part of the whole, well, one of the neatest things of the whole experience is we get to America and they said they all gave us flags and all of this stuff. And they're, we're going to be on good morning America and all this. Rihanna was coming on to sing and they had all of this hoopla and stuff going on. And then there was another day when we got to America, they were going to have, um, like the godmother and all of these other powerful women that they had at the time were going to come on and, I don't know. It was a whole program. It was pretty fun. But when you came into America, they had music blasting and they had the fire ships that blasted the water. Um, oh yeah. As you like came in the you. port. Yeah. Yes. And the, when you come in the whole like shoreline was filled with people because this at the time this was the largest cruise ship of the world and it was big by far it wasn't two inches like the allure is two inches bigger than the oasis okay um so that can be the that was the next ship so that was the largest ship in the world but at the time nobody had mega ships I mean, they were the first mega ship they were the largest cruise ship they had all of this stuff it was the big deal so the shoreline was full of people screaming and yelling and boats people had their boats there were so i've never seen so many boats and they were (laughs) cheering and all the excitement and the helicopters and they had blasting on the ship they had we were waving our flags our royal caribbean flags and um they had coming to america neil diamonds coming to america and it's just funny because on a cruise ship there are not very many americans working on a cruise ship so it's (laughs) It's a really interesting experience to be with so many people from other countries coming into your country and being so excited to come to America. And you're excited because they're excited. And it was just this amazing experience all at one time. You're like, wow. And they're all excited about Neil Diamond coming to America song, which was really funny. And it was cool. That's all I can say. It was just a really surreal sort of experience of the whole process was that that moment um, and how excited everybody was to do this. That's awesome. Um, I've always I've always wanted to do a cruise ship. I mean, even with some of the horror stories you're telling me, it just sounds so. Especially if you're with the right people. Yeah, just like a whole experience that I feel like I'd love to experience at least once in my life, even if it's, you know, for a couple of weeks. But yeah, it it was great. And so this was, I was supposed to, my contract was six weeks. And so what it was, was the two weeks over there and the transfer. And then it was, I think one, one and a half weeks of, um, what they, the pre-cruises were, like I said earlier, you know, all of right. these different people came on where they're trying out the ship and soft openings and doing all their special parties and celebrity things and all of that. 
And then after that was the, were the first couple of revenue cruises that we were supposed to go out on. Um, however, there was a little bit of a hiccup. And without going into too many details, the like this whole thing was artistic. Well, that's what happens when you go on a brand new cruise ship. That I mean, that happens. And some people that went on the Allure, uh, the lighting designer, she's the only one that went back out on the ship. Out of the the three of us, was the lighting designer for the ice show. The the three of us, the other three designers, never went back. But she did. And she had a, she had been on a cruise ship before she had done many of them. The rest of us, it was all our first time. And she said that the allure was so much easier. It was on time. It was so slick. It was, a you know, um, walk in the park. Yeah. Especially compared to that. Yeah. Everything went swimmingly well because they had it all together. They knew what was going to work, what wasn't going to work. This was all literally trial and error, but they treated us really, really well. All of the staff, all the contractors, you know, they did their special promos. They, you know, they had, they would let us go to the fancy dinner so they could try the, try things out there, make sure everything worked. They had a big um, Red Bull party rave thing for everybody. Um, they had, I don't know, all these different activities and stuff to, you know, to make you feel part of the team. And I'm sure for the, and a lot of the people that were going to be on there for six months for their six month contract, that's usually what a contract runs six to eight months, sometimes longer, but you know, they need to start bonding and they would have meetings. They would have their emergency drill preps that, you know, they did all of that kind of stuff and got the ship ready in each of their departments and they were training and learning along the way. So you got to see some of that. And it was really cool to see how the different departments would do their thing and what they were interested in, what they weren't interested in and being contractors on our end and not employees we kind of had free range so we could go wander around. We, you know, we weren't on a schedule like they were. So it was, it was sort of fun. It was, it was good, you know, go to the, go to the health room or the fitness center and partake in the lovely fitness center. And it, it was fun. Were you in the like crew area, like their, their rooms and stuff? The crew. Yes. I did get to see that we stayed um, the contractors all got to stay on guest floors and oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I did see the crew area. I was down in the the bowels of the ship. Um, I pretty much saw all over the ship. I got to sit in the captain's chair. I got to go down to the furnace room or the, you know, the, the room with all the motors and, you know, see all of that too. So that was fun. That's cool. That's so you got awesome. the best of like both worlds. Yeah, it was. I would definitely be a contractor on a cruise ship again, hands down. Yeah, I would totally, I would totally love doing it. I don't think my husband would love me doing it if I was gone six to eight weeks or six to eight months because yeah, we have like, a hard no, time with months. like five weeks. But <laughs> well, that's <laughs> why a contractor is nice because it's much shorter contract than that's you know. True. It, it's like doing a real show where you know you go out for four to six weeks, maybe a little bit longer. You do a show and then you come back. You're not gone forever, ever. And so that's kind of how my husband and I saw it. He was, of course, very, very jealous because he, too, is a lighting designer. So it's like, oh, I don't get to go. But he actually did get to come down when we when we made it to Florida. He was able to come down on those pre-cruises 
And so he would, he got to come and stay and participate and go on the ship and stuff like that before it was open to the public. That was actually like experience it. Yeah. 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 He did get to experience quite a bit of it. You know, some of it wasn't open yet, but for the most part, he got to experience, you know, the majority of the things. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think is awesome. Yeah. And I, like I said, I didn't get to do the revenue cruises. They sent us home early um, due to some conflicts in the artistic team, which I had nothing to do with, but it was one of those things where you're attached to that team. And so when that whole team has issues, you're kind of tagged along with that, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it was an, it was an unfortunate ending, but it was a great experience and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. And you would totally do it again, which I think is awesome. That's better than like, well, that was a disaster and I'm never doing that again. Oh yeah. (laughs) No, no, I had a blast, but really it does depend on the people you're with. I mean, I could have been, you know, with a bunch of tools and it could have been really boring and miserable, but you know, everybody was so much fun. Or be Mm -hmm. seasick the whole time. Oh yeah. That would be bad. Even during the 50 foot ways, I did pretty well. You know, I stocked up on the boning. I stayed low, drank lots of water. Late around, I was good. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> well, I, oh, yeah. I have a whole list of things to ask, but maybe we, we might have to get you back on a second podcast. Because the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is uh, you work a lot. I think you and your husband together, but you guys work at multiple different high schools across the country. And I think you said even one middle school. Um, and since Stacey and I are, we're big at trying to educate like I don't even want to say the younger generation but just to just people about yeah life about theater and that you can make a living at this and kind of like you said and you and I have talked about this a little bit you know you you grew up in the middle of the country and where you don't necessarily think that you can make a living doing this how is your work number one how did you get into like lighting at high schools but how do you think that work kind of influences the students that you're working with, or do you think it influences them? Do you think it shows them like, yes, you can make a living at this? What is, what is your experience? Definitely. I mean, we have students that have graduated um, from college that are doing things that make me jealous Um, because they worked with us. They, we give them a really good foundation Mm -hmm. and I work, I usually the schools don't have a very good stage management program. So once the show is up and running and the students, we always have the students run the shows. We do the bulk of the design and then, and the queuing and all of that. And then they do a lot of the, um, I hate to say it, but they do the labor part of it. Um, so they get to learn about the lights and what they're doing and what, what the process is. They learn the process of the theater. And then eventually as they get older and more experienced, then they're able to, they, they might not necessarily do the musical because that's what we're hired to do, but they come in and they get to do the play. They, we used to do the, I'm specifically talking about one school. Um, now the kids are doing the plays. They have uh, a talent show that they do every year, some concerts. And so the students are able to use what they learn from us and with observation as well. And then they're able to apply that. And sometimes they do really well and sometimes they crash and burn, but it is, it it is definitely something. Many of them go into theater, not always lighting. Uh, We have one person that is 
working with Broadway general managers. We wow. have another one that is working somewhere in Southern California as a stage manager. Um, she moves around a little bit, so it's hard to tell where she's last. She might even be in the Long Beach area. Um, <laughs> Sounds like Cindy. I can't keep up with her schedule. <laughs> now that came my husband, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> we have, I mean, I don't know where they all are. Um, we have a couple in school right now. It, it, there's another one working in TV. Um, but yeah, so they, they get involved and we create an environment, a safe environment for them. <laughs> and we give them as much experience, hands-on experience as we can. And we build relationships up with them for about four years, obviously. And then if they stay around, a lot of times, well, if they're, you know, good and show good responsibility, we'll hire them to help us out with our shows if we need labor. Um, we always tell them, you know, if you do well, you, you can maybe eventually get paid for this. Right. Exactly. And so it depends on where they are. You know, we work in Wisconsin. Um, there's some schools in Wisconsin we work with. We work in New Jersey. Those kids usually are a little bit more... Um, they're they know they want to do it or they don't know because usually they do they're so close to broadway that the standards are higher they you know it's hardcore theater at that high school when whereas in wisconsin go they, ahead they're they're surrounded by it more i feel you know like growing up in southern california we had so many opportunities to see theater because we are so close to san diego and so close to los angeles um, even though be before we even got started in the theater, our grandma used to take us out to the Amundsen or, you know, to take us to see the Broadway shows. And I feel like it's the same in New Jersey. You're so close that you, you grew up going to theater, even if it wasn't your thing. Whereas being in the middle of a in middle of the country or, you know, not next to big cities, you don't really have that, that experience. Right. At all, so you don't know it ex exists. Right. Or they, they do what I do. And like, I grew up with community theater and I thought that's what theater was like. And then I realized I started working in the real world and realizing that everything I learned was wrong. Everything. I didn't know how to focus a light. I didn't know how to stage manage. I, I, you know, stage managing was yelling at the, yelling at the actors and yelling at the crew. And you came in on tech week, you never were there beforehand. Mm, and it was yeah. more like a deck like a deck crew chief sort of kind of thing than a stage manager. Right. And I mean, and the focus, the light, you just pointed it at the floor and lined up all the dots. You know, there were, there were so many things wrong that I learned. <laughs> I had no idea. So I was like, there is no way I can be in this business and not make sure that any school I work in, these kids come out smart. I want right. them to go to college and I want them to be smart so now when the kids go to interview, a lot of times I'll get interview or I'll get the kids will call back. The students will come back and they'll say, um, yeah, they were really impressed with my portfolio or they were really impressed with my vocabulary and that I knew these things. And I thought, good. OK, so my goal is to lay a foundation. What you do with that, that's up to you. But my goal is to make a foundation. So you look smart when you go into your college interview. And they probably have way more confidence because they, they're getting asked questions they know the answer to. And they're like, yeah, I know the answer to this. And if I don't know the answer to one, I know the answer to all the other ones. So I don't feel so bad and awkward and weird. Yeah, and sometimes a little too confident, let me tell you. Well, high school <laughs> I kids. Just, I, I just had a student, actually. I just had a student tell me, well, I don't think, I think I want to go into concert lighting. I don't think I want to go into theater. 
because like I've looked at those schools and I know all that stuff already. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I've taught you. I've taught you a lot, but let me tell you, you, you're there's a big gap you're missing. Yeah, <laughs> and just the experience so, of actually doing it. Yeah, yeah, he he does well, and I, you know, I hire him to do some things, but you know, we have to. There's some things he's missing. He just doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know, that's all it is. And right. You don't. At a high school, don't... everybody's that way. Yeah, exactly. It's like well, you don't know what you don't know. So. <laughs> So how did you get into that? Like, was it a, a, a choice that you guys made? Like, you really want to start working with high schools and giving them an opportunity? Or did it kind of just fall into your lap and then you, you created around it? Or, like, I wouldn't even know how to, how to start something like that. Basically, what happened was Michael was already working at the high school before I met him. And he had, I don't know. Oh, he answered the job for the LD position at Millbrook Playhouse. The artistic director was also the high school teacher at Westfield High School in New Jersey. And so he said, hey, do you want to do my musical? And he said, in March. He said, sure. So he did the show in March and then worked with the summer stock in the summertime. So he had already worked with this director based on just that you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so then we came back the next year and the next year I joined him and then we did children of Eden. The first show he did was uh, 42nd street. And then the next year we did children of Eden. And that was the first time that Michael and I actually uh, co-designed, which was really interesting. We ended up having um, four moving lights on the show, which was a big deal back then. And he ran the convention. He ran the conventional board, which was a ETC idea. Uh, go look that one up. Yeah, I don't think I worked with an idea, but. Well, it was a bad idea, but <laughs> it, I think it had 16 channels, 24 channels. I don't know. It just was it, very minimalistic. You couldn't do much with it. And then I had to use an Avolite Pearl 2000 um, to run the four moving lights. So I did the movers. He did the conventionals. I had no idea what I was doing. I never used moving lights before. I, you know, it was all, it was all, no, I shouldn't say that. I used track spots before. So never mind. That's a lie. But I used track spots <laughs> before. So this was kind of like my real theater thing and th- with this board. And uh, it, it was a rock and roll board. And I had no idea, but I made it work. We ended up getting nominated for outstanding lighting at the time. <laughs> and it, we were so shocked. It was really good. We're like, okay, this is a thing. And so, yeah, so we just kept doing that. And then all of a sudden, like later down the road, a friend of mine was directing in Wisconsin and he said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to light my show? I remember when you lit my show when I was in college. So he's about, I don't know how much younger, eight years younger than me or something like that. And so now he's directing high school theater and he wanted me to come back and light a show. And we worked together for seven years so that we've done seven, 14 productions, seven plays, seven musicals with that school. And yeah, for whatever reason, we just sort of kept up picking up high schools, (laughs) which is good because we get to do that whole education part. 
But at the same time, I'm kind of feeling antsy because I'm like, um, what about the Lord theaters? What about the shows where people actually know what the theaters are? They know the directors I'm working with. You know, what about those shows? I kind of want to work with adults. <laughs> so Yeah, I can see that. It's really hard. It's been really hard to get those jobs because, you know, they might see beautiful pictures in your portfolio, but they don't know the directors. So right, or they're not it, names of theaters that they know. Correct. Correct. So it's been a real challenge for us and somewhat sometimes, you know, very stressful that, you know, we're like, mm, okay, we get these cool gigs here and there and, and we're working, we're working consistently at the high, these, you know, high schools every year, year after year. And, you know, they take us from California to New Jersey. So we get to cover the East and the West coast. But yeah, we need some more Lord theaters. You know, we've done the off, off Broadway scene. We've done some off Broadway, but again, it's harder to even get those jobs because the people on your resume don't line up with the people they know. So it's, it's good and bad. It's got its pros and cons, but at least I know that the kids going out to college that I've worked with and that Michael have worked with know how to hang a light safely and not to tie nets in the tie line. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is important. Yes. And any stage manager I worked with, can now call a show a very complex show so i feel really good about that yeah i mean we weren't we were kind of told to do stuff like that in high school but we never had any training uh-huh yeah it was just like trial and error and yeah do what the kids before us did which were a whole one or two years older than us uh mm-hmm. yes that's usually how it that's usually how it goes but yeah these kids they don't know how lucky they are to get to work with us. And I'm not saying that in an egotistical way, it's more of a, they really don't know how lucky they are to work with mentors that have a lot of experience that know how to work with kids that like to work with students and that really are preparing them for a great foundation. Right. Yeah. Cause to them, it's just normal. Cause this is how it's been the whole four years that they've been at school. So you, know, Correct. you don't Correct. realize and- that there's anything different. Right. And everything pretty much works and everything is organized for them. They just, they don't know that this is not how it normally works in high schools. Yeah. Well, we were the same way. We, we went to a high school that we were the third graduating class at that high school. Third, I think. Uh, second um, or third. The first to go there for four, or the, the like second that was there for all four years. Um, so a brand new so was, theater of, full proscenium full fly probably two or three hundred seats in the house like nice theater but also our our theater teacher who mr chenoweth we owe everything to um he helped design the theater and so it wasn't like a a regular architect designing a theater you know it was a, a person trained in theater designing a theater and so everything just kind of worked and you know when we left there and and or we would go over to a Fontana High School and visit our cousin and see their theater you know you're just like why is it like this what is this because our theater was just like so well thought out and again that was the only theater we knew for a few years and so oh, you no. don't realize how lucky you are you know until I went to college and I was like what do you mean that you know everything's not automatic or that your flies you know your um your catwalks aren't enclosed and you don't have this light board because you know we had like the best of the best when we were in high school so 
Yeah, we've had some really great experiences at that. We we did a one point. We were involved in a one point six million dollar renovation at, in a school in Idaho, and wow. yes, and so we worked with students there, and they did this renovation. And the dance teacher, because I had taken classes with her during the summertime, her summer camp. So I would take. I do a lot of dance with the high school kids, mm-hmm. and I'm just so grateful I can keep up with them still. 